we uh, find ourselves in the book of Ecclesiastes this morning. So if you find Psalms and work to Proverbs, and then the next one's Ecclesiastes. If you go too far, you're into Song of Songs, and we're not preaching from there this morning. Someone else maybe will preach from there. Uh, We're going to be in Ecclesiastes this morning, and we're looking at chapter 12. So again, uh, we're in Ecclesiastes because we're going through a series uh, looking to Jesus, and we're going through God's Word and doing just that. We are uh, looking to Jesus through His Word, and His Word, of course, reveals to us Christ. And so this morning, again, we come to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 8 to 14. So 8 to 14, let me read it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I don't know if you've ever uh, had to search for anything, search high and low for something. Has anyone ever done that, lost something? This is interesting timing. My kids yesterday, um, I was unsure if someone was... I was, I was pretty sure someone was having a fight, because my kids do that sometimes, and so um, I gave it more of a close ear before I thought, do I have to come in or not? And Noah was rejoicing, and just like, tr- like confusion rejoicing, I, did, I couldn't understand what the chaos was. Anyhow, it turns out they found uh, the iPod that has been missing since, I think my boy said December 31st at 7.03 p.m. <laughs> so they had searched high and low, and yesterday I thought, are you kidding me? So I had to mention that. They found this. They didn't really search maybe as hard as they should have, uh, which my wife and I would have said, but uh, my, my wife had often said, use your mom eyes, and maybe they did yesterday. They used mom eyes, and they found, they found the iPod. Uh, we come to the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and again, Solomon is closing this book, 12 chapters, and he's asked, if you go back to chapter 1, Uh, To help us understand what's going on now, we kind of have to look over the book. But chapter 1, verse 3, he has a main question that he's asking. He's trying to answer this question. And the question is this, what does a man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? So Solomon is searching, okay, high and low for this answer. What's the point? Under the sun, what do you gain? Under the sun is meaning anything temporary, earthly, uh, ultimately lacking the gospel. Okay, and so Solomon's saying, so what's the point? You, and, and I think we feel the weight of this. You know, you mow the lawn, and my boy just did that yesterday. It's going to grow again. And it's going to grow again. You clean the car, it's going to get dirty. You get better, and you, you know what's coming. You're going to get sick again. 
You buy a new door, you save up to buy a new door, which I did. My first new door ever. And I scratched it. Yeah, Joel, it scratched. So what's the point? And Solomon sees all this stuff and he says, What does a man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? And if you look in verse 2, just one verse before that, he gives kind of the main idea. So here it is. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, says Solomon. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So let's close in prayer. He repeats it again in chapter 12, verse 8. So back to our our passage. He says again in verse 8, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, says Solomon. And what Solomon is doing here too, I want to point out, is he's speaking in third person. He's, He's kind of doing like the basketball players do sometimes. Okay, he starts off in third person, the, the whole of Ecclesiastes is first person, and now he's going back to third person. He's kind of like the basketball player that says, you know, Kyle doesn't answer questions right now, right? He's speaking again in third person. He's saying, vanity of vanity, says the preacher, says Solomon. This is what I'm saying. It's all vanity. Vanity is literally a vapor. He's saying it's all just a vapor. It's like nothing. It's just a mist. It's, it's futile, empty, and meaningless. So there's nothing to gain under the sun. And Solomon, through the book of Ecclesiastes, he hits a lot of major topics. You know, he hits pleasure, he hits work, he hits riches, relationships, purpose, justice, knowledge. And he says, look, I kept my wisdom and I can tell you there's nothing. There's nothing. It's just a vapor. Solomon says, if you look for meaning under the sun... In, in, under, like, almost in a sense, literally, you can picture that. Under this blazing sun, you will find nothing. But this morning, I want us to see, and as he closes this book, that there is meaning in life. Okay, there, there is meaning in this life, but it's only found if you know where to look. It is only found if you know where to look. Our first point Look high, not low, and find answers. So look high and not low and find answers. So it looks here in verses 9 to 10 that Solomon is the source of the answers. Look what he says. He says, besides being wise, the preacher, Solomon, also taught the people knowledge Weighing and studying and arranging many Proverbs with great care. We know he wrote the book of Proverbs. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. So Solomon says, we're looking for answers in this life. And just so you know, I'm the wise one. I teach, I research, I speak truth, I care. You can see this in Proverbs. And now he writes later in life, he's older now, and he has a past. He's kind of been there, done that, been there, tried that. He's had lots of sex, he's had lots of drinking, lots of eating, tons of wealth, unthinkable wealth, 700 women. He's kind of been there and tried that. But Solomon says, look, it's not me, it's not my wisdom, it's not my experience, it's not my past, I'm not the source. Look at verse 11. He says, words of the wise are given by 
not the preacher, the one shepherd. The one shepherd. Fitting that we would have this as a looking to Jesus passage. The one shepherd, John 10, 14. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I am the good shepherd. There's one source. So verse 11, the words of the wise that are spoken and the collected sayings of the wise. So spoken words and written words. And he's both referring to scripture here. The collected words, if you've ever heard of the canon of scripture, these collected uh, words of God that make up our Bible. Okay, this is what Solomon is saying. He's saying, this is the source from the one shepherd. This is what's, it's incredible. This is what Solomon is saying. So, the series that we've gone through, again, looking to Jesus, now we come to this. This is our source. And so, don't you want to have just like one source that you can go to for your answers? I mean, isn't this kind of why Google is so intriguing? All right, like we just want one source. I just, I go there, no filters, right? Like no wondering whether it's my one preacher, I just go to him and he's my guy, or my one author and I read him and no one else. I mean, we, don't we want this? I mean, I want this. I don't want to have to be wondering all the time. Yeah, I don't know. And, and this is what we look for. And, and what Solomon is saying is that we have this. We have this in Jesus. We actually have this one source. And so the problem is, is it's so easy to look low. My natural inclination is to look down. We tend to rely, and I tend to rely on my impressions. You ever just use your gut for stuff? Ah, I think I'll turn left. You know, and, and, and we say that it's, it's my feelings and impressions and experience in these things. Uh, maybe my dreams are this a burning in the bosom. I don't know what that is. <laughs> right? Or your, your, your spidey senses are tingling. And we use these feelings and these emotions. Now Solomon, it's interesting, he had been given wisdom from God. Okay, there's no one here. I mean, there's times where you have wisdom and it's from God for sure, but he literally, God said, I'm giving you my wisdom. And Solomon says, wisdom, answers to life, don't come from me. He would be up here now at the pulpit and saying, no, 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 it doesn't come from me. It comes from one source. It comes from Christ. Not a man even a man that's been given the wisdom of God. So we must look high to what God has said always. When we find our answers from Christ, then Solomon describes it. He says, okay, so here's what's happening then. If you find your wisdom from this one source, here's what it looks like. And he says, and you can see it in verse 11. He says it's like goads. What's a goad? Well, a goad is like a, a long staff, maybe eight feet long, had a hook on one end, to clean off like the plow blade, and then it had a point. And the point was for prodding. It's basically like an old cattle prod is really what it is. And he says, God's word is like that. God's word moves us. Okay, when, when you say there is no way on earth that I can forgive that person, I might say you're right. There's no way on earth you could forgive that person. But then God's word moves us. It moves us like it moves sheep that don't want to go somewhere. And it, we say, I have to forgive. God's word moves us. 
When we say, I feel like quitting, I'm tired of doing good, God's word says, do not grow weary of doing good, and it prods us to move. We say, I don't want to pray. I've had times with my wife, and I've said, I do not want to pray. She says, I don't want to pray either. I'm like, but we have to pray. God's word compels me to pray. It, it prods me to pray, and I have to. And that might not sound very spiritual. It's very spiritual. God's word moves us to do these things when we submit to it. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's word moves us. It, it, it does something to us. It corrects action. If we're going somewhere, it says, no, not there, here. It teaches us, I was thinking this, but no, that's wrong. You need to think this. This is what it does. He says also this in, in verse 11. He says, it's also like, God's word is also like nails firmly fixed. You ever try to take apart a pallet? Maybe more of you have done that usually than usual because you've been on Pinterest and you're like, I can make, I don't know, a rocket ship out of pallets. And, and then you come across a hardwood pallet with like Ardox nails in it. You can get a backhoe and you're not getting that thing apart, Right? And, and Solomon says God's word is stable like that. Okay, it's stable like that. So life feels absolutely crazy. Okay, you say, this is absolutely crazy. It feels like if I have one more thing happen, I'm going to snap. Like literally, have you ever said that before? Have you ever felt that? Like something's going to go. Surrounded by so many different opinions. There's so many different emotions that are going on within me. Then we look high to God's word, and we find stability. We find an anchor. Hebrews 6.19, referring to the gospel, says it's a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It anchors us. We say, no, 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 this is true. It feels like this, but this is true. This is what lasts. This is actually what's going to last. This is who I am this is my hope, and what it does is it brings us secure. It anchors us down. It fixes us like nails in a hardwood pallet, immovable. Now, what happened to Solomon? You got the wisest man on earth. He writes the book of Proverbs. What happened to him? You know, I can only imagine Solomon, you know, rubbing shoulders with the queen of Sheba, you know, um, maybe to us that means nothing. He's basically around celebrities all his life. Okay, this guy would be with the most popular, the top athletes, the Grady, the the Grady, the greatest handyman, scientists. He would have been on Shark Week for sure. <laughs> and at some point he strayed. And I think what happened is he started listening to different voices, even Solomon. He kind of got out of the bubble, so to speak, and, and it affected him. He kind of seen all that life had had to offer then, and he tried it, and he came out empty on the other end. He was confused and unsatisfied and frustrated, cynical and empty. And I know 
that for all of us, we've been there at times, and for some of you right now, this is what you're experiencing right now. I mean, you're in it right now. Solomon had been there and done that. And so now in verse 12, he gives a warning. Look at what he says in verse 12 then. Solomon says, look, I've got to warn you. Beware of anything beyond these. Beyond what? What, Solomon? What are you saying? Beyond, beyond what? Well, anything that's going to keep your eyes low and off anything that comes from the